What is up, good people? Jungle Link here. Hope you're having a good day. It's been a while since I've done a video. Had a little bit of a health issue this week. Had some blood clots in my leg, but that's being treated. And I'm uh, on the mend, so all is well. Back to recording videos. Now, uh, to kick things off here, uh, we see that Plan B. He's the big predictor of Bitcoin price, while his November predictions in December have you know missed by a country mile. What's going on? Is his stock-to-flow model, is it broken? You know, are we going to throw it away or is it going to get back on track? And so I have a, a video here from Plan B himself, you know, one of the most renowned, you know, crypto analysts out there. And he's talking about some of the reasons why with these models, they're all the actual quote from him is all models are wrong. Just some are useful. And the reason is, you know, we're taking some data, we're throwing it in the model. We're trying to predict the future in some ways. And we can't know of all the things that are going to pop up on a you know a given daily basis. It's just not possible with all the different moving parts here. But even given that, some models will still be useful as a guide as we guide through here. So I'm going to go ahead and play this so you can hear it. All models are wrong and some are useful. Uh, George Box used to say that. Uh, it's a very famous saying. All, all models are wrong because they're simplifications of, the, of, of reality. But they can be very useful, like the navigation in your car, for example. It's not reality, but it get, it brings you from A to B, uh, and and the same is true for models. So, what went wrong in, in this model? Well, lots of lots has happened, right? Uh, we have we have seen since we last spoke the Chinese miner ban, mining ban. So half of the mining capacity is was located in China. It was banned, and and and. It relocated to all other places, uh, the U.S. Uh, among them. We have had a um, uh, an Omicron, a new a new uh, COVID variant that that gave some some flashbacks to March 2020 when the market dipped um, to, uh, to to very low levels, including the Bitcoin price. And we've seen the uh, the Evergrande default now recently. So there is all sorts of news that sort of impacts this 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 bitcoin price that is of course not in the model and um yeah but I, one a very important thing about the floor model miss of 98000 in november is that this is a first time in 10 years that this this that we see this miss so this 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 model has of course in in sample so in with hindsight, uh, hold for 10 years. But now this is a first miss and it could be an outlier. It could be a one-off or two-off, two months off, and then a sharp V-shaped recovery back to the model lines. Or it could be that the model is is wrong, is, is off. Something changed. The model is not, not usable anymore. And I'm still not at that point of making that decision uh, whether the model is is just off temporarily because of a, an outlier, a black swan, or whatever, or that the model uh, can be thrown into the in, into the the trash bin. And so that's really the thing at this point in time. We don't know if some of these you know items, whether it be the variant jumping up here, China's actions, you know, the default within Evergrande. I mean, there's a million things even beyond that that on a given day we don't even know about that affect all of this. Maybe it caused you to be lagging a little bit. We'll have to see. You know, January, February will tell us. You know, are we going to get something similar to that 98,000 that Plan B uh, expected in November? 
Will that roll over to January? Will we get up into the 100,000s in February? That will tell you if his model is correct or not. Uh, we see C3 Nick says the following. You can basically throw all the prediction models, which rely on historical data, out the window. The market has changed in many ways. He's been saying this for a while. Historical data is by definition historical. It doesn't take into effect, you know, all of the, again, different things that are affecting us right here in the moment. But even with that being said, plan B has been pretty accurate. It will be interesting to see as this continues. Will that stock to flow model show that, you know what, it was just running behind a couple months? That again can be possible. And it's always just a tool anyway as a guide. There is no model where you can just throw the data in and we know for a fact, you know what, December, this is going to happen in January. We're going to hit this. It doesn't work like this. It's more of a, you know, an art than a science in a lot of ways. You got to be taking your, your technicals and your fundamentals and, you know, you're putting all this information together and just making your best call that you can. And I think the important thing to remember is over the long run, we know the way this game works. You could buy any peak, any valley. You could buy any dip you want. If you hold crypto long enough, you're going to make a tremendous amount of value. You know, when we look at, you know, people that bought in 2017 Bitcoin at 19,000 and change there, that seemed like Mount Olympus, like this massive, you know, uh, blow off top that would never be seen again. Here we sit today, it's $50,881.36. And we're complaining about, Bitcoin's in a bear market. It's all over. Let's go home. You know, we'll see you again in four years. It's crazy. The point is you buy premium cryptocurrencies. Pick your flavor of the month. It doesn't really matter. You're going to make a tremendous amount of money. You're going to go through hard times. We're seeing that right now with XRP and all this stuff we have to go through. There was times when Bitcoin, it looked, uh, you know, really dire out there you know the altcoins were going to overtake bitcoin it's an old technology things like that you know ethereum had its time down in the dumps of course it's firing on all cylinders now it's just the way it is you know you're going to go through tough times but the real value will continue on and pave the way for the future that's your premium crypto assets you don't have to think too much about it just buy it hold it and you're going to make a lot of money that's the way i look at it and, you know, I do pay attention to things like, uh, you know, stock to flow model with plan B, what he expects. I try to use that a little bit as a guide. And people like C3, Nick, they're great guides to kind of let you know what may be coming. But we know what's coming over the long run. And that's all that really matters. Time is on our side and it will, you know, be the deciding factor. Now, this was a really interesting quote. We're waiting for 2022 to start. What's going to happen? You know, is the best behind us. Where's the institutional money? What are they thinking? And this report by Yahoo Finance says one-third of hedge funds will start adding crypto in 2022. And the interviewer was like, hey, aren't they a little late? Like, what have they been waiting for? And it's really two things. Secure custody. So all these new custody solutions where they know, you know, if investors are investing in crypto, it's safe. It's safeguarded from hackers and things like this. They can get insurance, you know, on those assets. And number two is regulations. They expect that regulatory certainty to come out. So yeah, they're going to be investing at higher prices. We were able to front run the big money. We got our money in there first, but now they're going to have to pay those higher prices because you have an environment they can actually work with where we know what's legal, what is not. And those assets, they're not going to be held in Ledger Nanos under their pillows. They have really, you know, 
uh, significant custody solutions now. I think that's going to be a big one. Now, I saw this article here, and it depends on how you look at things, but it's why Shark Tank Kevin O'Leary won't buy Ripple. And what he's really talking about, you know, is XRP. And it says the following. Kevin O'Leary wants to stay on the right side of regulators. Shark Tank star Kevin O'Leary now owns 10% of his portfolio in cryptocurrencies, but there's one coin he won't buy, Ripple XRP. And this is what I would tell you. I did a lot of videos when this broke out talking about, you know, the great risk for XRP with this court case going on, the delistings out of the U.S. market. It's actually done much better than I thought it would, but it comes down to how much risk you know, you're willing to take on, like, forget about this. I want to stay on the right side of regulators. That's nonsense. No one's coming after Kevin O'Leary because he put a little money into XRP. But, you know, there is risk there, especially when there's so much that's going right within cryptocurrencies. Just comes down to, you know, your risk reward play. And for me, it sure seems like XRP is a big cap, has the most upside potential. It has this massive risk that's just looming over right now. But I think most of us at the end of the day believe that Ripple's going to come out of this with the ability to operate. XRP is not going to be some kind of illegal security. It will start trading again on exchanges. Essentially, what I'm trying to tell you is better days are ahead of you. And from my perspective, with XRP being able to stay in the top 10 as a digital asset, even through this doomsday scenario, that just shows that it's a premium asset that has global you know, value flows into this thing. And it really is, in a lot of ways, a fortress for your value. And people will scoff at that, but they're going to see what that means as this thing progresses. And I think it has the most drivers of value as we continue on, especially out of the large caps. I've said many times, my two favorite plays at this point out of the large caps that I think have the most growth. Now, don't get me wrong. I think Bitcoin, I think Ethereum, they have a lot of growth ahead of them. But if you want that big pop out of the top 10, I think XRP number one to me and dot number two. I think that gives you the best you know, growth potential as we close out this cycle here. And at this time, we don't know how long that may play out for. Maybe it'd be another month, six months, another year. At some point, this thing is going to have a blow off top, a bubble will form, and then kaboom, it'll be all, all over Red Rover for some time. I don't think it will be as long and vicious as the last bear market because I don't expect it to go up as high. You know, if we were going to match the growth of 2017, we'd need a $400,000 Bitcoin. I don't see that happening. So I think we're going to go up a little less. And then again, the downside will be severe. Crypto is very volatile. It's compared to anything else. It's wild, but it's not going to be the same as what we saw in 2017. We should see a mellowing out of that downside as well. So when I'm looking at XRP, I'm getting something premium, something that's probably lower than it will be in the coming bear market anyway. And I think it will perform no matter what. So if we don't get an SEC resolution, which I think is on the horizon, it's still going to go up well past $2, what we saw here the last time it ran up. So we've got a win-win-win situation here. And if the chips fall in line, it's going to be a massive performer like you can't see. To me, there's not a lot of uh, downside to holding XRP. It's a great value play, especially at this point in time. It always has been. You know, if I'm buying when it was number three, at the bottom of the bear market, you know, I'm going to buy right now at number seven when we got these great, you know, drivers on the horizon. Now, I thought this was interesting. We see Kevin O'Leary, how he talks about how he picks his, uh, you know, his actual crypto investments. And he says, when evaluating a new project, he pays particular attention to the management team. 
And what I want to point out here, that's what we all talk about, the use case, the, the, the team of the project. But when you're doing that, you're technically breaking the Howey test. You're saying, I'm relying on the efforts of a third party, whether it's Ripple, the Ethereum Foundation, or whoever it might be, Charles or Gavin or whatever. And so he's saying, you know, he's picking out essentially illegal securities if everyone else is doing the same thing he is. Now, we all know what's going to happen. Part of that is this Ripple court case. They're going to roll out the rules so we can avoid that. But exactly what he's talking about is what the SEC says is illegal. It's kind of ironic. Um, it's everyone's uh, opinion out there if they want to mess with XRP. To me, it's the most upside potential out of the large cap specifically. I think it's got value. I think it's got security. Uh, I totally understand people that go other ways. There's a lot of uh, exciting stuff going out there, and it's not for everyone. Again, XRP can be a tough one, a very tough one to trade. It's very rewarding and very quick spurts, typically, at least from a historical perspective. Now, we saw Ray Dalio here. I'm not going to play the interview. You can go on Twitter. But he says that you know China, mathematically, should just sail right past the United States from an economic standpoint. And you know what? This is a very important video to, to hear, so I am going to play it. But I'll tell you this. A lot of times we say, well, the United States, they love SWIFT. We like this system because we can control the global financial system. We can unplug people at will. This is what I'll tell you. When you listen to this, think of this. Pretty soon, it's likely not going to be the U.S. that's sitting in that seat. It's the number one global superpower in terms of economics. Might take 10 years, might take 20. It's just kind of one of those things. I remember back in the day when I was YouTubing and I had, I don't remember what the subscribers were, but I saw the digital asset investor and he was just, the actual growth he was on was amazing. I remember talking to DM Logic and I'm like, he's going to blow past all of us. No one's going to catch this guy. It's going to be amazing. It's the same thing here when you look at China and their economy and what they have to do. It's not a lot to kind of overtake everything. And from a historical perspective, they're usually going to be one or two. They're kind of on that path to being number one. And so we may not be the one in control of the swift of the future. So you probably want to start building these digital rails where you can uh, interact financially with countries without one dominant country being able to, to mess with you, to unplug you, to direct you know your, your flows. An open system is going to be necessary, especially in a future where China likely is the lead. Let me play this uh, this video here. Go to the third trend um, that you write about in your book, which is the external threats, which in the case of the United States, you see mostly as a rise in China. You say China is on its way to overtake the U.S. as the world's most powerful country. I guess the question is, why and is that inevitable? Well, um, the population of China um, has is four times that of the United States. So if it has um, an average income of half the United States, it will be twice as large as the United States. Uh, when I first started to go to China in 1984, since then, its income has, in real income, has increased by 26 times. So if you just extrapolate lines and you look at productivity and the like, um, it's um, a very uh, likelihood uh, that China will um, be, um, um, it's today a comparable power in many ways, and that it would become a greater power. Uh, that's just how things are uh, transpiring. And if you look at history, 
Uh, China has a history of being um, uh, prior to 1800, um, always, you know, like number one or two, because it has a large population and it's been very uh, productive. So this is the deal. You know, we got to think of a changing world, one where you might not want that dominant economic power ruling over everyone because it might not be us. And so we need to have decentralized forms of money, uh, ability to trade with whoever we want. Of course, right now, it's a big power play using SWIFT and this old architecture for the United States, but it would not be a system that you're going to want to go deep into the future with because it's going to be used against us. So uh, again, this is going to be a very important technology for the world as a whole and specifically for the U.S., uh, at some point, unfortunately, just from a mathematical standpoint, uh, the tables are likely to turn on us, and we got to be ready for that. So just a different way of looking at things. I know a lot of people that scoff at the idea of China, and I understand why, but it's just tough to beat growth. Even with like inve investing, what are we looking for? We're looking for growth. What assets are going to give us the greatest growth? And uh, no one can really match China at this point in that regard. I mean, their growth is off the charts. If you were going to invest in Ripple or Ant Financial, I'd take Ant Financial any day of the week if I could trust and reasonably invest in a Chinese company. Uh, if you could do you know, Alibaba or Amazon, I mean, Alibaba is a cash cow. They make so much money. It's so massive. You would go Alibaba any day of the week. It's just some of those external factors of being able to actually invest in a Chinese company and you know, having voting rights and trusting China to, with your money is a big issue. But just in terms of growth, we cannot match them. And I think that's going to prevail them and have them sail right by us. And we have to prepare for that future. I think things like, you know, Bitcoin, things like XRP, companies like Ripple are going to forge ahead and, and build the future. Uh, Ethereum as well, a lot of stuff being built there. And just within blockchain in general, there's a lot going on out there and it's going to become paramount. We need this and not for all the reasons that we may think as we sit here and enjoy that status as the number one country from an economic standpoint. Uh, it's probably not going to last too much longer. Now, the last thing I want to talk about is this tweet by Da Vinci. We know him from the OG back in the day. You know, he made his name on really early day YouTube telling people to buy Bitcoin. And for whatever reason, this guy's always going after XRP. And he said the following, I'm selling my XRP to get more Shiba. Of course, why would this guy even hold XRP? He hates it. It's just a jab at XRP. And the reason he does it is it gets him a lot of retweets and likes and engagement and, you know, probably makes him feel very special there. That's what XRP does. If you're, you know, pro XRP or you troll XRP, you're going to get a lot of attention. Um, and I think it just shows all the interest out there for this digital asset. Anytime you have that much hate out there, you know, you're probably doing something right. This kind of stuff doesn't bother me at all. Look, uh, I suspect he probably didn't take enough of his own advice. I don't know anything about the guy. Maybe he did. Maybe he's a Satoshi stack of Bitcoins. But if he has time to mess around on Twitter with XRP, something tells me he didn't take his own advice uh, you know, enough back in the day and buy enough Bitcoin. That's what I would suspect. But again, anytime something is this polarizing and for this long, it's usually because there's substance there. It's something that's challenging people's way of looking at the world and looking at digital assets. And just like back in the day with Bitcoin was kind of that thing that challenged the way people thought of the world. I think XRP is doing much the same. This kind of stuff, it doesn't bother me at all. It actually makes me more confident. Look, everyone can't win, but I think if you're an XRP holder, you're going to be a winner and in a big way. Let me know what you think down below. And as always, 
please like, please subscribe. The revolution will be televised right here on Jungle Link.